I'd like to show you a few diagrams and ask you some questions about them. It's very simple, really. You will be assimilated? Yes, but before that happens, could we ask you a few questions? We will answer. Terrific. All right, hang on just a second here, 35. What is your designation? Designation? Third of five. You mean our names? We don't have designations. We have names. I'm Beverly. This is Jordy. Do I have a name? Do you want one? A name. I'm Beverly. He's Jordy. And you? You. You. No, no, wait a minute. That's it. You. What do you think? You. No, not you. Hugh. Hugh. Okay, now, I'm Beverly. I'm Jordy. We are Hugh. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 14 of Snap Trek, the Star Trek podcast where we compare two episodes of the most thrilling franchise in the entire universe, Star Trek. I am one of your hosts, Ross, and I am joined by Jen. Hello, Jen. Hi, Ross. Hi, everyone. What's up? How are you? How are you doing? Doing well, thank you. <laughs> How about yourself? Excellent. Yeah, no, I'm fine. Just been, it's uh, it's the Star Trek anniversary today. So yes. I've been pleasingly reading through everyone's Twitter feed about how much they love Star Trek and how 53 years of Star Trek isn't enough and we need more. We do. We need more and we're getting more. It's, so only, it's, awesome. it's, it's only what we deserve. It's only what we deserve. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's what we deserve, but I'm glad I des- we're getting I deserve it. We need we, it. We do that's need what, it. What, it's needed. Need it. Uh, <laughs> it is. It's needed in this universe. In this timeline. Oh, well, God, yeah. The dark, uh, the darkest timeline. The mirror <laughs> universe timeline we've inadvertently become. Exactly. I know. Exactly. Very unusual. I don't think I know this game. What's it called? Chula. What are the rules? Every episode of Snap Trek, we compare two episodes of Star Trek using a variety of categories. For each category, we select a scene or character or idea or prop which we think is great, and we award a point to the answer which we think is the best. Aggressive. Adversarial. Competition. For fun. We play Snap Trek for points, but we don't play to win. The real prize is an excellent conversation about Star Trek and thinking about the episodes in a new way. As ever, if you would like to send us any poems, limericks, haiku, prose of any sort in celebration of a Star Trek episode, we would love to hear from you. Uh, You can contact the show at SnapTrek on Twitter. You can contact me on Twitter, Ross, uh, at strtrk1701. And Jen? And you can contact me on Twitter also. I'm at Quarks. In honor of the new Star Trek Picard show, which will feature the universe's most prominent and fearsome cybernetic baddies, the Borg, 
This episode of Snap Trek will focus on episodes where the Borg are being rehabilitated back into humanity. Today I was lucky enough to watch Voyager Series 5, Episode 2, Drone, uh, which features a 29th century Borg. And Jen, which episode did you watch? And I was lucky enough to watch uh, Next Generation, Season 5, Episode 23, I, Borg. And we got the classic 24th century drone. <laughs> both, both really good Borg f- f- uh, focused episodes. And I'm, you know, I love the, I love the fact that Jonathan Delago is coming back to Star Trek to reprise his role as Hugh Borg. Yeah, I don't know how much he's going to be doing it. So I don't know how many episodes he's in, but he's going to be back. I'm so excited and I'm so thrilled. So I'm so glad that we're doing this today of all days celebrating great star trek and looking forward to the future for next stuff that's the next stuff that's coming so good commander i would like to remind you about my poetry reading this afternoon i wouldn't miss it for the world i can't wait to see what he's come up with as ever we begin each podcast with a lyrical recap of the episodes under discussion uh jen i'd love to hear your lyrical recap of Iborg. Okay. So uh, I did a straight up limerick for Iborg, classic, <laughs> classic episode. It's, it's what we love. It's what we love. <laughs> we shouldn't be ashamed. <laughs> Limericks, you know, it's one of the most uh, perfect forms of poetry. <laughs> Under, underrated, utterly I, underrated. Yes, underrated. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so here is my limerick for Iborg. Okay. I am you, said the Borg disconnected, causing Picard to change his perspective. Individually, he was brave because the first choice he made was to save his new friend and rejoin the collective. That's very good. That's <laughs> very good. It's uh, it's hard to rhyme Borg words because they're also <laughs> they're also compl- they're so long. Assimilate, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on. Resistance. It's hard to get all these words. Okay. Okay, and what what do you have for drone? Okay. Nanites have grown their own drone. One's Mulcahy's clone with the Doc's emitter on loan. A Borg sphere appears, it's crushed by gravimetric shears. (laughs) One's one and done, leaving seven alone. Sad. Uh, it's a sad little episode. <laughs> I know, I know. Oh, I know we're going to talk about this late, later, but yeah. he's such a nice drone. Oh, what a good guy. Both of our drones, both of our disconnected drones are so great. They were both That's lovely. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm they were sure, good, I'm sure good we'll guys. Yeah. We will, we will. <laughs> we are lucky enough to have a limerick written by Jonathan Delarco uh, in response to... Uh, a limerick tweet from by Star Trek captions, um, and he's written this: "There once was a Borg name of seven, which is four less than eleven. She knew a young Hugh, who's older now too. Their friendship was always a given, which is lovely because he knows that he Jonathan Darko knows that Hugh knows seven, which is just amazing. Yeah, it's like a little mini spoiler. It's a tiny too. little teaser. It's a tiny little teaser." <laughs> Which I absolutely love. Um, uh, so good. It's uh, it's so pleasing, wonderful. and I've just shout out to Trek Captions for tagging us in a limerick tweet, which got Jonathan Delargo's attention and spawned that limerick. 
So well done, you. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was a, was a good limerick. It too, was like a good it. limerick. You did very well. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see them together. That's going to be amazing. I, I, I wonder if we'll see them together, if it'll be like a heartbreaking, you know, heartbreaking flashbacks where, you know, it hasn't oh, worked Lord. out for Hugh, but yeah. just as well as it's worked out for so Who knows? Uh, you know, we don't know. We don't know. Could be really hard. Let's let's just wait and see. No no speculation. I'm yeah. I'm only watching the trailers. <laughs> okay. So we've got a variety of categories uh, to discuss these episodes with. Uh, Jen, would you like to select the first category? Okay. Uh, for the f- first category, you know what? Let's talk about the look. Ooh. So we've got two very distinct Borg designs here. So what do you have for best Borg look? Okay, best Borg look. One does have an excellent look. It's sort of mildly crustacean-like, which <laughs> reminds me of sort of the, the crab-like. If you've ever read any of the Star Trek comics, in the IDW Boldly Go comic, where it's Kirk versus the Borg, all the Borg are sort of mildly crab-like, and he has that sort of oh. crabby shell quality, which I, I thought was great. Um. And you can also see his sort of organic nature because he wasn't assimilated. He was grown. When you look at his eyepiece, it looks like the flesh has grown around it rather than the eyepiece has been attached to flesh that already existed. It's The eyepiece is sprouting from him rather than being attached to him. So he's got that really... He's definitely a Borg. You wouldn't, you wouldn't guess he was anything else, but he looks really organic. And I really think they've done really well to sort of match those two things up. He's much more on the organic side of cyber organic. And I I really thought he looked great. Yeah, like he was definitely born that way instead Mm -hmm. of mutilated via electronic components being jammed into his his body. I know, (laughs) I know. He does have a different look to him. Yeah, and I like I love that the doctor's mobile emitter becomes, you know, basically a part of his brain too. I know. Do you know what I liked about that was? I thought the doc, the doctor at the beginning was really like, "Where's my mobile emitter? Where is? It? I want it back." And he was really wouldn't leave. <laughs> you blame him. <laughs> would, wouldn't leave. Yeah, exactly. Because if you suddenly like, I'm stuck in the living room. I can never leave oh the living my room. Gosh. But he wouldn't oh. leave Belana alone. His place of work. His place. <laughs> he was following his her into the shower. Office. Exactly. <laughs> but that's how he was for the first couple of seasons. Yeah. I obviously wouldn't want to go back to that. But right. he never. It seemed to me he never begrudged. One having the ball, having the uh, hollow emitter as part of his brain. That never, oh, yeah. it, it never bothered him. I think he was bothered that he couldn't leave, but he didn't hold that against uh, one. And I thought that was very, oh, right. very big of uh, the doctor to do yeah. that. Yeah, because he, you know, he's a doctor. Do no harm. So once he realized, mm-hmm. like, oh crap, we can't remove this mobile emitter without killing him, and then that's the end of it for him. You know, because yeah. he's not going to. And he, <laughs> But I think there's just literally nothing to do about it. But I I mean, he was definitely disappointed, but he's also very, uh, I think, yeah, I think the doctor has it in him to mope about stuff. Yeah. 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 He's mature enough to not, uh, you know, make a scene about it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but, but yeah, you got to feel bad for, uh, for the doctor there thinking that, well, that's just the end of it for me with my mobile emitter. (laughs) It was nice while while it lasted getting to go other places. I know I I did feel bad for him, but he he didn't feel bad. And I thought that's a, that's that's a strong character. He's got a strong character. Yes. Yes, Um, What about uh, 
what about best Borg look for you? What what have you got? Yeah, from so so Hugh has the classic TNG twenty fourth century Borg mm-hmm. original Borg look to him. Yeah, which which is fun. You know, he's got the he's got the eyepiece. You know, one of one of his eyes, and he's got random. You know, like cords coming out of his chin and <laughs> just mm-hmm. wrapped all around his his, his outfit. And <laughs> but uh, yeah, very classic. The original, the OG original Borg look. Yeah, the really <laughs> pale when they were not less mottled, yeah, a lot yeah. more like just powder white. Yeah, they just put all the makeup. Like it, it's kind of if like the Borg drained all the blood out of them and yeah. replaced it with some kind of fluid or something, which they probably did. You know, nanite. Yeah, they, know, they, don't, so, uh, I mean, they don't need blood, presumably. Whatever. I don't know. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know antifreeze details. or something. I didn't know. Yeah, that's always what I thought about because they all look have that same like pale, mm. you know, zombie-ish. I mean, they just did it just to make them look more zombie-ish or you know, yeah. monster-ish, I guess. But but yeah, so and very classic. He, he's uh, I liked his his like cyber hand because he actually yeah. has he actually had a hand. It wasn't just like yeah. a, a, a long sort of tool with lots of like pointy right. bits on it. It was actually a, a gloved hand with a, it was a thumb like a and, hand. Yeah, and four yeah, fingers. Yeah. And they had that little uh, little port on the side of it. <laughs> the R2-D2 port. Yeah, and he's, he's plugged <laughs> into, the plug into the wall. And then later on, the other Borg plugs into him. It's like, I didn't know they connected like that. Yeah, it's like, yeah. like Borg Lego. I mean, how, how many could club together and make a big Borg? <laughs> right, right. Or if, if you do connect, you know, wired Borg to Borg, can you do different things than just the wireless connection? You know, like, why would you need to wirely connect to another Borg? Yeah, that's a very <laughs> good know. point. What, uh, unless they're, like, transferring actual, f- you know, some physicals, like yeah. transferring nanites or transferring oh, that's right, um, yeah. power or something. They're sharing nanites. Yeah, potentially. <laughs> Recreational nanites. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought he also um, his eyepiece because like, you often look at Hugh's eyepiece is really colourful and like it's quite visual. Mm-hmm. But then it's nice that it was actually a, a plot point for the show, and that yeah. they needed to know how his eyepiece worked so they could download this paradoxical pattern into him, which I thought was such a great. First of all, I love that plan. What a great idea! Yeah. which is going to clog up their computer with this paradoxical shape which you can't understand and i thought that was such a great idea and it's just slightly on the limits of what you know it's just slightly on the border of like is that really a real thing you could do or is that is that have they just invented that idea and it's so crazy i still believe it um i really like the idea and then the war games you know playing yeah (laughs) you know the only winning move is not to play yeah 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 (laughs) And it's a, it's a real like mind. I'm like, oh god, is that a thing that could really happen? And uh, I love yeah. the fact it was like his holographic eye that sort of gave him that idea that he's so good at yeah. perception and spatial yeah. awareness because of his implant. And then he just takes it off and gives it to him. That was almost like a that was almost a joke. It was almost like, oh, you look oh brilliant. And just gives it to him. I thought they might have played that more for laughs, but the episode was so somber. Yeah. So uh, yeah. they, they had they had the tone going. They didn't break it with a, like a joke. Right, but yeah, but it kind of was a half half a joke because you wouldn't expect, you know, a normal person or or whatever to to just say, "Oh, sure, here you go. Here's my eye." Yeah, you 
<laughs> you know, go, go, go to town, do whatever you need to do you know, without any questions. You know, it's just like, oh, we need your eye. Sure. Here you go. It was funny, but no one laughed. And that, that looked pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Then it looked pretty cool too. Cause you could see how it was attached. It was a piece attached to a different piece. Yeah. In front, in front of his eye, or whatever. And then you got the idea as well that perhaps his organic eye had been taken out, right? Some, yeah, which we yeah, know. maybe some somebody else It'll has happen. got that. Yeah, Yeesh. yeah, and then too, I mean, like you, you, I, I'm assuming he was a human before he was assimilated. Potential. They never really say, but he doesn't look. There's nothing different looking about they him never that say make him but there are so many races yeah. out there that look ostensibly human at this yeah you think they would have given him like a forehead ridge or at something at this point it's probably <laughs> it's probably more likely he's an elorian i suppose oh oh geez oh that's yeah sad. <laughs> but i wish they would have looked I, I i wish that they would have looked up who he was like maybe somehow like take it, his fingerprint or something and yeah found out who he was before he because that 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 could have humanized him too yeah, that could have yeah they, they didn't think to do that at all but maybe they hadn't had the yeah. idea that i suppose they hadn't thought yet yeah. that the, it was going to be other species well they did know it was other species right. i'm just rambling now <laughs> um <laughs> right. so where, where are we thinking points wise where are we going the best borg look oh see this is, i i mean do you go with the the innovation or do you go with the original? It, it's the <laughs> it's the classic look, and I, I, I that's exactly what yeah. I'm thinking about because I the Borg are yeah. you know they they they've, they've got such a unique style. They do. I, I do love yeah. them. For 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 me, as much as I like the way that one looks, and I do think he looks really good. Hugh is like the quintessential Borg. We. The reason we're going back to Hugh and Picard is because we know Hugh, we know what he looks like, we know what the Borg look like, and I've got Hugh Borg looking down on me right now, signed by Jonathan Delarco. <laughs> and I feel if I oh, cool. if I don't pick a Hugh, if I don't pick Hugh, <laughs> I, I've done something wrong. So my point is going to Hugh for best Borg look. Love it. What about Hugh? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I'm going to give my point to Voyager for this one because I lo- I like the way that they built on the design from the next generation and really did somehow manage to make, make it one look like it's the same species, mm-hmm. but also make it look like it could be centuries ahead technology wise and grown that way instead of mutilated yeah. that way you know what yeah, i mean i, 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 completely, I think they did a really i completely saw that. that and i when you look at his particularly his and face it looks organic even yeah. with the cybernetics coming out of it right so right. i can completely get that they're both brilliant I, I like the design of the borg i like i i think i think they're they're it makes them very scary that they're just these i mean drone is the perfect word yeah. for them because they're just like, like walking machines that used to be. I always think of uh, the Cenobites from Hellraiser. Oh. Did you ever? Did you ever watch that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially the the the, at the very end of uh, the very end of Viborg, That Borg appears and he's got his mouth covered and a tube into his mouth. I think he looks particularly mm-hmm. scary. He he's he's like yeah. he's a fearsome looking Borg. 
Okay. So end of round one, one point each. One point each. They both look awesome. The boards they do, but they both look great. I'm, <laughs> I'm so going to have to try and see if there's a one toy out there now. I'm looking yeah. for that. Okay. If okay. we go for round two, can we look for... Oh, let's go for best buddies. What are your best buddies? Ooh, okay. Best buddies. I like this category. Yeah, I like <laughs> this one too. Okay. So uh, I have a, a runner-up a duo for best buddies, which is mm-hmm. uh, Picard and Guinan in this episode. Yeah. Uh, they, I mean, they have a really interesting part of this story because they both can relate to each other in their horrible histories with the board, mm-hmm. you know, so that it's, it's, so them, them talking to each other about this coming at it from both being victims of the Borg and bouncing things off of each other when they're fencing, which is a lot of fun, always fun to watch. Um, and of course, Guinan, you know, making her point, mm-hmm. feigning, nice pun, feigning an injury and then, you know, Oh yeah, look what you got <laughs> you know, for uh, feeling sorry for me, you know? <laughs> Uh, so they, I, I always love them together. And then later on when she switches sides and, and talks to him again and, and says, at least talk to him. It's good because the episode's so theatrical in mm-hmm. that what essentially what happens is the same conversation happens multiple times, yes. but, but it's different people having it. It's, yes. it's a crew member with Hugh and they're coming to terms with the fact that Hugh is an individual. And they all have to go about it their own way. So Beverly instantly she accepts that Hugh is a <laughs> Hugh has the right to yeah. medical care and treatment. Geordie takes a little while. Mm-hmm. Guinan takes longer, and then yeah. Captain Picard takes the longest. Finally, Picard, yeah, yeah. And for an episode which is you know it's about the threat of the Borg, it is about one Borg, and it all plays out really in the lab, in the brig. And in uh, well, the, the the fencing. I'm not sure if that's a whole deck just for fencing. The fencing deck, um, but it all plays out in some very very few sort of areas. Really well done. Yeah. Uh, but that's just the runner up, of course, because best buddies in this episode, Hugh and Geordie, man. <laughs> Hugh and Geordie. <laughs> and yeah, and it, it it starts at like, like you said, Geordie doesn't right away see him as. A, a being with rights, or you know, mm-hmm. a being a, 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 apart from the the Borg, you know. Mm-hmm. Jordy, Jordy's just the engineer who ha- has the know how to hook him up to get, you know give him the energy he needs, supply he needs is you know mm-hmm. <laughs> gives him the R two D two that we were talking about, you know. And then uh, and then as he gets to know him, you know, and and he, and he changes his mind and. And uh, the wonderful moments uh, of their friendship, Jordy's explaining to him about about individuality and and about you know the concept of loneliness and how mm-hmm. yeah yeah even you know we feel lonely sometimes doesn't mean we want to be assimilated, mm-hmm. and that leads to the concept of of you know having friends and and you know friends help us you know st- stave off the lo- the loneliness and and he's like Jordy and you he says and it's yeah. just so sweet because Jordy's like oh. You can almost see his brain going, oh, crap. (laughs) He's right. (laughs) And and that triggers his, like, change of heart as well. Yeah, yeah. But then Hugh uses that idea for everyone else too. You know, he talks to Guinan about loneliness. He talks Mm -hmm. about being a Borg with Picard because all from the stuff he's done with Geordie. And from that point, 
Geordie starts fighting his corner. And that, right. that bit, uh, there's the section where Geordie, when Hugh said, I'm going to go back to the collective, and Geordie sort of encourages him to really think about it, like, you know, you don't have to make that decision. It might it might be complicated for you not to, but you don't have to do it. And then right. also... But he wants, wants to take care of his friend, Geordie. Exactly. And we'll talk about that again later, we but will. it's just so sweet. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, and, and you're right, too. And with this, it's the same thing. Like, you you go through the process which every, with everybody. Like, mm-hmm. everyone has to go through it with him before they realize that they were, you know, that they were mistaken. Uh, but also, I mean, okay, in the beginning, I have to admit, I'm all for this plan. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like, it, it, like, I, I think of it like, 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 if I get bit by a zombie, Ross, you have the permission to <laughs> shoot me in the head. You know, good to know. Like, I do like to keep a list. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like that's so. In the beginning, that's kind of what it is, but but in this episode, like, they know now that you can rescue people from the collective and that's an important thing to know because mm-hmm. i don't think that you know i mean i know they rescued picard but it was kind of i mean they kind of like explained that away as that they they didn't like fully yeah he hadn't been there long enough and he'd maintained like yeah. a sense of individuality because he was lacute right. rather than just a borg right and th- but this is like straight up you w- was just a regular old borg you don't know how long he's been a borg mm-hmm. and and they were able to just disconnect him and 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 have him you know be a functioning person pretty quickly yeah so once you know that that can happen then then you can, you know then it's no longer because it's not a zombie situation anymore you know no. <laughs> like so you get bit by a zombie you're you're just turning into a zombie that's just <laughs> there's you know yeah but there's no but in most there's universe, no coming back in most universes there's no coming back from yeah. that but now we know so they have to change you know there might yeah, be that, a cure that's yeah. Change the plan. yeah yeah but um but yeah so but jordy but jordy and you's relationship is, is really interesting i love that that you um you feel so strongly about that i mean that's We'll talk about this later. We'll talk about it more. Later, yeah, because I think it, apply, it applies. That, to that's one big, well, his yeah. big motivation. His big motivation for everything is his friendship mm. with Jory, and which is very sweet. And I love them together. And so, the, Jordy and Hugh are my best. Buddies. Nice, nice, <laughs> nice little bit at the very end. Just as Hugh is being beamed off as well, and you think he's just gone back to being a Borg, and then he just quickly turns mm-hmm. and has a look at Jordy. Jordy yeah. looks quite surprised, and then he beams off. And Yo. you think that's that's like the last time we, you know. In any other episode, yeah. that would be the last time we'd ever see you. Right. <gasps> right. But not anymore. Actually, well, he came back actually no. in season seven. So. Well, he came back, yeah, yeah. I was going to say he was in D- Descent, right? Um, um, yeah, he, so he was in, t- yeah. Well, even then, that was a surprise. Like, I didn't know yeah. he was going to come back. Nope. And then all of a sudden, you know, oh my God, there he is. And I, I mean, at first, he's, he's up, you know, upset about what happened, but then he becomes the leader of the. Yeah, you know, uh, of the colony, and, and you know? now we get so, to see how that plays out. I can't wait to see. Yeah, so I can't wait to see how that you know what happens because he's 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 real. He's like a true leader mm-hmm. there, and that's. Oh, I, I I'm really excited. Is that the last time we saw Law as well? Yeah. It was, wasn't it? That was the end of Lore, wasn't mm. it? Yeah, that we saw. I mean, that we saw. Mm. They, lots of they talk lots about, of potentially unanswered questions here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So for best buddies in uh, drone, 
I was very tempted to go for seven and one because you can really sort of feel the sort of nurturing affinity that seven has and the almost sort of puppy dog love that one has for her. Um, However, I went a bit outside of this and I picked Neelix and one. And (laughs) I mean, this is, this is absolutely what Neelix would do in any situation. Neelix, Neelix would have done this for Hugh. He'd do it for one. He's just help. He's there to help out. He's there to facilitate. He's there to make things work a little bit easier and just make things a bit more positive as they go. And so they're walking through the corridor. Neelix is escorting him, I think, to sick bay. And he's being pleasant and conversational. And he's just doing this thing and making all these like personal connections. And he's sort of, you know, one saying, oh, people are scared of me. And Neelix is saying, oh, you should see what they were like when I first joined. And, you know, <laughs> it's just having a laugh. And then it gets a little bit awkward because one wants to know about the Borg. And Neelix sort of balks at that a little bit. And he's like, what's to tell? You've seen one cybernetically enhanced species. You've seen them all. And he just sort of brushed it under the carpet. And then he sort of turns the conversation around. And they're starting to talk about what's his name. You know, what is the drone's name? And, you know, the the drone, as he is known then, has told he doesn't need a designation or a name. And just Neelix poo-poos that. He's like, no, you must have a name. And he gives him the idea for the name one, although he doesn't realise he's done that. Mm-hmm. And then that's the that's the only scene they share together, I think. However, later on, while one is talking to Janeway, he's telling her about all the information he's assimilated or downloaded about comparative anatomy and you know the species of the Federation and also the culinary delights of the Delta Quadrant. And he's like, ah, oh, he's been spending more time with Neelix. That's lovely. It was just like a cute yeah. little moment. <laughs> and you just know that whenever somebody is a bit lonely and out on a limb, Neelix is there to help them out. And, of course, Seven has to do it because she's the Borg, but Neelix just does it because he's such a nice guy. So I picked Neelix and one. Yeah, one's a, pr- a pretty lucky Borg drone to have. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the two the you know two different influences of Neelix and, and uh, Seven. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and Neelix, yeah, I, I, it's really nice how Neelix, you know, even one, he, he recognizes the fact that the people are afraid of him and mm-hmm. and Neelix does the right thing and and it just sad. Uh, he, he acknowledges no, I, it, yeah. but he, yeah. you know, he people some... do, he, he downplays it. Downplays he acknowledges it, but yeah. downplays yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And it was funny and it was well done. Yeah. Um, and I like that. And I, and I, and I, I really enjoy seven and, and one's relationship too. Um, it's more of a, instead of, it's not as much of a buddy relationship as it is like a, no. a, a motherly relationship, yeah. you know, for her, for her. Um, I think she feels a lot. I think it, she doesn't feel, I think it takes a long, it doesn't take too long for her to still feel that connection. Initially, yeah. she's more interested in sort of, she's more sort of concerned by the idea of having another Borg around. But as soon as he becomes a person who she has to care for in the same way that Janeway has sort of cared for her, sort of getting getting her out of the mindset of being in a collective and being a part of a, you know, a different group. And she has an easier job really, because one has never experienced the collective and actually all the way through, he never, he never has that sort of sinister flare up, 
which right. Seven initially was, you know, Seven had that sort of threatening aspect and she could sort of tell you what the Borg would do to you or what she could do when she's part of the collective. But one didn't have that because he was just, he was so young and, you know, he was on the lookout. He was very much a, you know, like a puppy dog. Um, and they were able to get yeah, things from him. About yeah, exactly. The Borg at first and... Yeah. But even when he even yeah. when he learned about it yeah. and he said he wanted to experience the collective, he understood that if he did that, that would be a real problem for everyone. He wasn't going right. to he wasn't going to do that to them. Yeah. Well, even, so, yeah. even, at, the, even at the very beginning, you know, the the first time she says the line, um, you, "You're hurting me," mm-hmm. she says it twice. Um, but the yeah. first the first time, it, that's the end of it. Like, like he, you know, he, he's he's physically attacking her, but she says, "You're mm-hmm. hurting me," and then basically that you know that's the end of it like that's the end of the the threat you know yeah. <laughs> after that so it's really easy to it was really easy mm. to, uh, and yeah. she almost sort of allays that fear as well because she says you know his responses are all pre-programmed in he doesn't know what he's saying right and at that point you think actually he's just he's just been born how can he possibly know what's going on <laughs> all he's got are these sort of these well, cybernetic instincts, which he's been programmed with. Right. He doesn't know what he's doing. But as he learns what he's doing, he he learns right and wrong really quickly and, you know, what to do and what not to do very quickly. Yeah, and she does a really nice job teaching him how to be an individual on the ship. And and there's that nice moment with Seven and, and One and, and Janeway. And um, he says something like, like, don't you ever miss the collective? Or it's not, I forget what he says. And and she says, Voyager is my collective, you know. And he and, yep. he, and you see the pride on Janeway's face when she says mm-hmm. that. And I was kind of come full cir- full circle at that point. And it's yeah. a really lovely moment. But um, uh, yeah, yeah. that's a good relationship as far as buddies go. I yeah, Neelix. Yeah, it was a, good buddies. Yeah, <laughs> my, my, Seven was more of the mother figure. I just said right. yes. So what are you thinking points-wise? Where are you going? Okay, well, my points, I, I do enjoy in uh, the the drone uh, friendship, mm-hmm. but I'm going with you and Jordy, which is a pretty deep friendship that happens pretty quickly, and I very much enjoy it. And we, we spoke about Descent uh, earlier, and there's – you know, that nice moment where I think Riker sees him. I haven't watched it in a while, but I think Riker sees him first. And uh, and he says, where, where, what about my friend? How's my friend? And he figured, oh, yeah. Jordy. You know, so that's like his first thought is when he sees him is, how's Jordy? <laughs> so sweet. And I love them. So my point's going to you and Jordy. I am going to have to also give my points to Hugh and Geordie because I think their friendship is something which it was a sort of a, the crux of the episode. That was really important. And it was important for one to know his place, know that he was collective, but it was the friendship specifically that was important to Hugh. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go with uh, Hugh and Geordie as well. Okay. So the end of round two, we're looking at three points for Iborg and one point for Drone. Okay. What's round three? Okay, for round three, let's go with... Oh, let's do best former Borg to Borg conversation. It's the best conversation between a Borg and a former Borg okay. <laughs> in your episode. The co- there's a, a really brilliant conversation between one and seven just before they go to regenerate together for the first time. And they're walking to Cargo Bay 2, 
Yeah. And uh, they're talking about all the work he's done on Voyager that day and the amount of the amount of people he's helped and how much assistance he's provided the crew. And she compliments him and he responds in like that classic seven way of being like, I don't need to thank you. Zero. I thank you's irrelevant or, you know, they, their expectations were too low. And she explains to him that he only needs to say thank you. And that is like that demonstration of the role reversal. Somebody has done this to her, helped her like learn how to interact in this situation. Now she's helping him do it, which is really great. Then the conversation mm-hmm. continues. They chat a little more about the Borg, which Seven sort of ignores slash sidesteps. Um, <laughs> there's a really funny, almost slapstick moment where he walks into the regeneration chamber and faces the wall, and she has to tell him to turn around in order to regenerate, and he just sort of <laughs> clumps around. He's got that very... He looks like that... What was that show? The Monsters. We had Frankenstein sort of clumping around. He clumps around like like Frankenstein from the Monsters. Um, it was very funny. And then one Herman Monster. Herman Monster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once they're in the chamber and they're both sort of regenerating, he says her name, and she, Seven opens her eyes and she's got a look on her face of a person who's just realised how annoying their new roommate's going to be. <laughs> but he he just says thank you and seven's Aww. like really taken aback by that about how you know how much he's developing and and she perhaps she's not emotionally ready enough to sort of say good night to him so she just goes just reverts back to borg and says time to regenerate you know because he's he's come along leaps and bounds they've talked about gratitude they've talked about compliments and he's learned to do it and he's He's, he's expressing that, and it's really genuine from him. So that whole conversation in Cargo Bay 2, from when they walk through the door to when they regenerate, it goes all over the place, uh, and it's just it's great. It's a fantastic scene, and it's certainly the best Borg, former Borg to Borg conversation uh, in that episode. That's a great pick. Yeah, it's a really good scene. It's so funny. And it's funny, too, because in the beginning, it's just her. They, they open the episode, don't they, with just her alone? Yeah, in cargo looking in the mirror. You know? Yeah, like in the mirror. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Practicing her smiling. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, yeah, that's a, that's a really good pick. So for I, Borg, the former Borg in this episode is Picard himself. Mm-hmm. And he finally agrees to uh, to meet with you, and uh, he does it alone in his in his uh, ready room, the captain's ready room, and he does it as Locutus mm. of Borg, um, which w- was really interesting. It was kind of funny too because because he's like like Locutus, like he recognized he him. He did recognize <laughs> like, him. I thought that was strange yeah. as well. What's up, man? Yeah. <laughs> Like, oh yeah, we met. Like, you know, they didn't oh. shake hands or anything. <laughs> it's been so long. Yeah. <laughs> but um, which you know, he like kind of like shakes him, but he, you know, he played. Then he uses that mm-hmm. and uh, says he, he's trying to evaluate you. You could tell, you know, uh, trying to evaluate him uh, in, in the way that he does. You know how Picard does that and. Um, he tries to order him as Locutus to assist in the assimilation of the crew of the Enterprise. And this is when Picard realizes that he's become an individual because he says, I will not 
Mm-hmm. I will not. And he says at one point, I ha- I am you, you know, not three of five. Yeah. You know, I am you. I will not <laughs> assimilate the crew. Jordy does not wish to be assimilated. Yeah. I will not. Um, and, and Picard, he's um, visibly taken aback mm. by that. And I think it's it's pretty clear to him pretty quickly uh, that their plan is is uh, not an ethical plan at this point anymore. Uh, but it's 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 really interesting because you could it, it, to see him. You, you know how hard it must be for Picard to have had this conversation, mm. especially when it turns to him having to put on the persona of Lacutus, and it's and it's. Uh, it's so it's really interesting. It's a really interesting yeah. scene to watch. I, I really, and I think it sort of highlights one of the Borg sort of aspects. Sort of, you know, deception isn't their thing. They they, they don't lie to get their way right. out of things. They don't have that sort of that sort of conversational tactic. Everything he's hearing is genuine and honest, and he can recognize it as such. And it's right. just that sort of earnest. Yep. I, I don't want to do that, and it's it's saying I as well, isn't it? He said. You know, he 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 made, he made the point that he didn't want. He used the word "I," and that was a, a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a it's yeah. a cracking conversation, and it's it's great to see him channeling Lacutus again. He does he only does that mm-hmm. he only does that I think once he only does that once more. Perhaps in first contact, he gives it he gives it the go that he might be uh, Lacutus. But it's it's such a great conversation and. He gets so you know got that powerful voice booming out that he is Lacutus, right? But he gradually gets broken down, and at the end of it, he's changed his mind about what's happening, just like everyone before him has changed changed their minds. Yeah, it's great. Okay, what are you thinking points wise? <sighs> this is hard. The the I mean that is the that's the only time they interact actually, isn't it? That. that that uh, Picard yeah. and Hugh, Hugh conversation, and it is, it is strong and it is convincing. However, the conversation between one and seven, it's just that slight next level. They've already had the conversation about where she mm-hmm. says she's the Borg, and he mm-hmm. says he's the Borg, and then they have to discuss that. This is now sort of the next step beyond that, where they're figuring more stuff out. And I just really liked how human it was for two. Well, one one human and one human nanite clone hybrid to to have this conversation. So I'm going to give mine to uh, to seven and to one. Yeah, that's an interesting point because in drone they they do have a version of the same conversation that Picard mm-hmm. and you had. It comes just comes early yeah. in the episode, and and it's, you know, it's kind of the same thing like her barking mm-hmm. orders at him in the way a Borg would bark yep. orders, you know, at a at another drone and. Uh, and get you know working their way through that, and then this is the the uh, the next step in <laughs> in having conversations mm-hmm. as individuals. So that that's pretty cool. I do like that. I do, and yeah, that's actually a really excellent point. Um, but I think I'm still going to give my point to I Borg in this one, just because of the effect it has on Picard, the character of Picard. Um, you know, bring, bringing back everything, everything that we know that's happened to Picard mm-hmm. with the Borg kind of culminates here and having to deal with that again, again, when he's really has not done the, the, uh, you could tell he's not really worked no. through everything. 
You know what I mean? If ever. And like, they don't, they don't and touch that it that again. often, really, during the series. But whenever a Borg comes yeah. up, they do mention yeah. it. And you're like, oh, yeah, this, yeah. he's really struggled yeah. with this. Right. And this, you know, and obviously First Contact is big with that. And it's just... Um, but I, th- I always, I always find that interesting, you know, like trauma, you know, the trauma that he experienced and hasn't, and hasn't worked through, through yet, you know, and, and so, so that, that scene is very, I can't imagine what that must've been like having to pretend to no. be a cutest, but it was, you know, for him, like, it was, ugh. it was good gotta, and he, it deserves a point. Okay. So the end, end of round three, I think it's four points for Iborg and two points for drone. All right, all right, come on, drone. <laughs> What's the next category? I think for round four, we will look at best Borg expression of individuality. Ooh, okay. Go for it, Jan. All right, so there's really only one choice here. He does little things like he 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 asks for a name, which is kind of mm-hmm. cool. <laughs> yes. Which is, is like, he's, he's like, he's like, you guys have name, you know, I want a name too. What's my name? You know, uh, which is, which is kind of like the start of seeing that he's an individual, mm-hmm. but the, the choice here is, is, is what he, he cho- chooses to do with his individuality. He chooses, he, he chooses something that he doesn't want to do, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. He wants to stay with Jordy. With his pal, jo- his buddy Jordy. Yeah, best <laughs> you know, buds. His best buds. He wants to stay with Jordy, but he chooses to return to the collective, you know, to the crash site. Um, chooses to be reassimilated in order to keep his friend safe. A very, uh, you know, he does an, a very selfless thing with with the short the short time he has in individuality. He uses it to choose not to be an individual anymore for a very mm-hmm. unselfish reason. And I, I think that's beautiful. And it makes he's such a beautiful character. It's the fundamental choice. Yeah. And I do think that is completely mirrored by what one does in drone. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. he's essentially faced with the same choice. You know, mm-hmm. he can he can go back to the collective, but he never really thinks that you never really get the idea that he's going to voluntarily go back to the collective. But right. he recognizes that the collective will never stop looking for him because he knows there's a 29th right. century drone. He's got access to technology which they simply uh, wouldn't want to leave behind. Um, but he sat and he, and he makes the choice to sacrifice himself in order that the 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 collective will never be able to get their hands on him. Yeah. which is really sad. But at the same time, I thought all the technology still exists. He hasn't, by him dying, you know, the 29th, the, the hollow emitter is still there. Or everything that's been extrapolated from that could still be extrapolated. But, you know, it's all still there if, if the Borg wanted to come for it. They it, just don't it, know. It doesn't have like a homing signal to the Borg. Oh, no, no, no. It doesn't have a homing signal to the Borg. No, of course not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I just felt bad. I just wanted him to carry on because I really yeah. liked him as a character. Right. I'm just looking yeah. out for a loophole. Oh, okay, um, <laughs> I see what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> there had to have been a way. Come on, doctor, try a little harder. <laughs> well, and that's the thing too. That was just like the choice he made. He didn't think. I mean, you're right. Maybe they could have worked something out, but uh, he was. He just put put that force field around him so they couldn't. Yeah. Change, you know, do anything about it. And that's it. He's so he's so powerful. There's nothing. You know, he single handedly took out a, a sphere. 
and he's so powerful yeah. you can't really do anything yeah. to him. It's it's great that he's just such a nice guy. Right. Yeah, it's a good thing he was on our side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because both, I mean, both of these episodes could have been very different if the, the individuals were not nice people. <laughs> yeah, and that's so, uh, so dependent on what the person was like right, beforehand. Right. right. Yeah. And uh, that scene's so beautiful at the end when... You know, she says it again. For this is when she says it for the second time. You're you're hurting me, and this time she means emotionally yeah. instead of physically. Yeah, man, and that was that was really sad. Oh my god! And then he's, he he says you 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 will adapt, and that yeah. that gets me. That just gets me because well, it's he, so sad. It's, it's so oh, good. Well, so this good. ties this ties into my my uh, best expression. Okay, yes, I'm sorry. Too. Yeah, I'm getting ahead of you here. No, <laughs> sorry, and I did. I knew. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I, I I knew I thought you would pick you know the, yeah. the Hugh pick because it's the it's the the choice isn't it and oh, I, yes. I I I could pick one's same choice so I've gone for the slightly different aspect of it which is um, Seven's expression of individuality because she's trying to do a few things in this episode as well so you mentioned the cold open where she's looking in the mirror and she's practicing smiling you know that's something which she's never had to do before. But she's trying to be a person who can fit in with the rest of, with the rest of the crew. She wants right. to do what the rest of the crew do and, and portray a version of herself which is going to work and be effective for her. Um, and then she's annoyed because the doctor comes in because he hasn't knocked, and that is that's a really normal thing to be annoyed about. If somebody comes in and you're, you know you're, pra- right. you're practicing your smiling, you would be annoyed if they hadn't <laughs> knocked. And then it's so beautifully mirrored at the end of the episode where she's had the same, you know, they've mirrored that conversation again with one. And then at the end of the, end of the episode, she's gone back to the mirror and she's looking, looking at it and she's watching herself grieve. And it, that's, that's really strong. And, you know, as a, mm-hmm. as a Borg, she wouldn't grieve, you know, people would, they'd just replace, there'd be another body, they'd reconstitute, they'd be reabsorbed. But now she has to go back and feel all the emotion and feel how bad she feels that he's gone. And that's the end of the episode. It's not like an easy an easy fix. There's no like joke at the end of it. She goes back to the cargo bay by herself. She looks in the mirror and sees how sad she is. And, you know, that's her expression of individuality. You know, the emotion she's feeling based on what's just happened. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, and like we're, we're saying, you know, and he says you will adapt. Well, not that quickly, no, you know, <laughs> and this is probably the first time she's gone through. Yeah. A loss. You know, having yeah. a loss like that and feeling like that and not being able to adapt to feelings right away, mm-hmm. you know, and you can see that all in the way she looks at herself in the mirror. Yeah. She has a really nice job of of that. Um, yeah, that's a, a great moment. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, where are the, both of these moments are quite sad, actually, and it's uh, yeah, yeah it, it's sad. These are downer of episodes. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're not upbeat episodes. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, what? Where's your point going? What are you gonna do? Oh man, I think I'm going. I think I'm going to give my point to you here mm-hmm. for choosing to go back to the collective after seeing, after knowing what it's like to be an individual, but knowing that 
it was the only way to keep his friends safe. He chose the hard path. And, you know, he, he says something like, I'll try to remember you, <laughs> Jordy, <Yeah. laughs> you know, <laughs> which is just a horrible because, he know, you know, because he's pretty aware of what this could mean. Going back to the collectivized thing, I just think it's such a lovely. It is a it is a, a great thing to do, yeah. and I think for me, I am gonna go. I think I'm gonna pick. I think I'm gonna go with seven because I think her seven and her relationship with one it it was really important, yeah. and his death really affects her. And he's done the same thing for her that Hugh does for Geordie. We're just right. we're just seeing a lot more. You know, Geordie's down there saying goodbye, and he feels. I think he feels bad for Hugh, and he he, mm-hmm. he thinks things could be different for Hugh, but things can't be different for one. You know, he's he made his decision, right. and it was an instant. You know, in in that instant, his fate was sealed. So right. I'm going to go for I'm going to go give mine to seven. And uh, we got to end this sad, this this sad one. This yeah. has really been a really sad yeah. round. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and I, I it's a, it is a really important episode for Seven. I mean, yeah. it's a really important step in her journey of becoming an individual too. Um, and, and oh, but you know what? But not just being an individual too, because because she when she says she, when she says Voyager is my collective, it really is. Mm-hmm. It's becoming you know Voyager becoming her family, and and one was part of her family right away like like he's he was part of her collective you know so she's lost a part of that and that's you know dealing with that dealing with with not only her individuality but then also caring about these people in a way that you know you you didn't when you were a a drone yourself um it's it's yeah it's an important i love how these episodes do actually really link together as well and how they're sort of they're following the same theme but uh you know in both instances you're having a formal you're having a formal borg and a borg discuss what it means to be an individual i do i do love it that's great yeah so good yeah both these episodes are really good it was so it was nice to to watch them back to back and they made a good a good little uh mini marathon especially now since we're getting you <laughs> yes exactly. oh my god i'm so we're getting seven back she's literally one of my top two characters <laughs> in all of star trek and i'm so excited now she's got the opportunity to climb the scale as well she could she could even outdo dax potentially Pot- is it dax dax is your favorite yeah, one yeah, dax. <laughs> how'd you know that <laughs> I'm, that obvious. I'm sure i'm sure i listened to your trek profiles not that long ago <laughs> oh that's funny yeah yeah that yeah dax jadzia and seven are the two characters that i really identify with the most mm-hmm. Out of all the track characters, and and I, I'm I'm so excited to see how Seven has grown in the last, you know I I don't know if it's, it is it, was it going to be twenty years since twenty years Voyager came back from the Delta Quadrant, and yeah, and how much she's changed and grown, and how much I've changed and grown in that time, you know, to see if see how, how we've both changed. I love it. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay, I'm off topic. <laughs> Well, yeah, but that's okay. But this is why we're doing this thing <laughs> to be right. excited by the upcoming Picard show. Oh, Picard, love it. Okay, 
Uh, I think we're on, yeah. So what? What? Where are we points wise? I think we're on five three. Yeah, it's five. Five. Uh, Iborg has five, and Drone has three. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is this last this last uh, round is going to make it all happen. Yeah. All right. So the final category is going to be best guest performance as a Borg. So who do you have? What's your best guest Borg <laughs> performance? So best guest Borg is <laughs> J. Paul Boma uh, playing one. J. Paul Boma is noted for previously playing a Cardassian on Deep Space Nine, two different Nazis, <laughs> uh, one in Voyager and one in Enterprise. <laughs> and I did not know this. He was Mestral in Enterprise's classic season two episode, Carbon Creek. I did not know that. And He's I, so I've good. often. He's so good. When I'm thinking about my 1966 uh, Assignment Earth fanfic that I've always thought to write, Mestral definitely will feature. Oh in my gosh, you have to write that. <laughs> I, I, I've, it's like Star Trek meets the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I'm, I'm really excited oh, by the idea. Oh, I love it. It's, uh, it's, it's, who's got the time? Who's got oh, the time? Oh, the time. That's a good one. I want to read that. <laughs> so why was his performance so good? He initially played one as just this repetitive Borg, and he was, he had that sort of threatening aspect. But really quickly, he became this pleasantly wide-eyed, you know, sort of full of wonder, seemed to genuinely enjoy being alive and being part of the Voyager crew. He wanted to learn about the Borg, but he never became sinister or dangerous, which you sort of half expect to happen when you've got a, a brand new Borg. And there was danger around him because of things beyond his control. But he himself was a really pleasant character. And I thought they did well to use a guy noted for playing. I mean, he plays, he plays two different Nazis. That's because he just has, <laughs> he, can, he can do sinister. He does that really well. But here that he's sinister, but they've made him sinister but pleasant. They've made him the puppy dog Borg. Uh, he, he is, you know, he's he's got a lot of teeth, but actually all he wants to do is lick your face. Um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe cut that line out. It sounded really weird. <laughs> you really it in. <laughs> puppy Borg. <laughs> Who's a good Borg? Who's a good Borg? <laughs> he, he was good. Uh, so I, I really liked the way he played it because he wasn't just... He he took it beyond what I thought was going to happen. He didn't just go into sinister. He went. He lent into fun and happy, which I really enjoyed. And it made his his death seem a bit more seem more poignant right. because he never he never went that way. He never became the Borg who was going to threaten the crew. He was always the Borg who would have definitely joined the crew. Yeah, and he didn't just play it as like Frankenstein's monster. He could have easily just been no. like, you know, plotting. But but I, I like that his performance kind of uh evolved the same way the character did, you know, like he's Yeah. He did a really good job with that. And and, and you know, getting more and more uh you know, if an indiv- being an individual, I was gonna say more mm-hmm. human. I guess like more and more human, more. Uh, but um, but at the end, the way his death was like, uh, like it was a brave way to do it. I mean, like I got, I keep going back to that force field because that was just a really powerful, yeah, thing for me because sh- there's literally nothing they could do 
at the, about Nad- watch it happen. And he and the and the way he was there, he he, he was his little speech, you know, mm-hmm. about why he had to do it and how you know she would adapt to his loss and and it was it was really his performance there was really powerful and I I I, I shed tears when I watch that I, I really do at his death. it's it's really scared. good especially when you think the doctor's there poised to save him right and he's choosing to sacrifice himself for the benefit yeah. of all the crew right and they wouldn't and what's worse is they they wouldn't ask it of him they wouldn't ask him yeah. to do it but he's going to do it anyway because he knows it's the right thing to do and it's going to make all of their lives better. Oh, God, it's so sad. So good. And he's so good. And he's so good yeah, at he is. Crawl too. That's a really... I love that episode. <sighs> we, have to do, we have to do Carmen Creek at some point, too. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, nice. Definitely. All right. Okay, so that's a, that's a great performance, uh, and we have a really great one in Iborg as well with uh, Jonathan Del Arco playing Hugh, third of five. Um, he plays him with this, like with like a youth and and innocence, which, which kind of con- contrasts the way we normally think about like a ruthless Borg drone. Mm-hmm. And and him uh, him playing off of of everyone with that is, is real is 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 really um, really interesting. I, I think specifically of him playing off of Guinan when when Guinan decides to meet with him and mm-hmm. and um, talks about how how her um, you know her people resist it and and he, the, the delivery of his line when he says resistance is not futile <laughs> the way you know like, yeah. like as a question <laughs> and you, like you could see that that this conversation is really really um being burned into his brain you know his brain like he's 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 making connections and kind of realizing things and you can and he does such a great job of mm-hmm. of, of showing that you know you can kind of see see him learning <laughs> The way he he delivers that line, the way he plays it in all these conversations, yeah. when he you know when he's interacting with everyone, yeah, um, he's developing, going through every single time. Yeah, it's great. It's just and it's just, but it's just funny too because he's he's so adorable. Like he's an adorable little Borg, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but it's like would the, you know would they have canceled the plan if he wasn't so adorable? <laughs> if he wasn't, yeah. If he'd looked like that one with a big tube in its mouth, maybe they'd be like, yeah, right. Just just send him back. Yeah, it was like a a big old gruff person you know instead of this innocent you know quote-unquote innocent you know wide-eyed i I think they i think they made a positive decision about him when he first arrived and he's he's dancing around the cell looking for a way out or looking for a and it's funny because yeah. he he's like he's like he's like oh you all will be assimilated when you're assimilated yeah. you know he's like talking about how great it'll be when they're all assimilated and they, you know, We'll all be connected. We'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I really, I really enjoyed his performance. And then, of course, uh, you know, not in this episode, but in the scent, you see him grow even more and more, and um, as an individual. And I know that doesn't count for here, but but I, I really, I, I really uh, enjoy the performance, uh, Jonathan Delarco's performance of Hugh, and I can't wait to see more. <laughs> I know that is so oh, thrilling, man. isn't it? So good. Um. Okay. Right. Points wise. Point. Uh, <laughs> I'm just, this is my, this I sound, is my I sound like a modem. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> trapped in an infinite loop. Did they? It's like they released the uh, <laughs> the program into me. Like, yes. <laughs> stuck in that infinite loop. I don't know. So They're both think, so good. Oh, this is so, so tough. good. I'm gonna struggle so with this. Um, me too. <laughs> I think this I, is the hardest decision I've ever had to make here on snapjack this is the closest thing because they're, they're both both really excellent guest stars they're both so good and i don't yeah. think it's i don't think it's any negative for uh jay paul Bomer that he never came back to reprise his role he couldn't or maybe he could who knows i don't know anything anymore <laughs> maybe he will oh my god right. um you never know now no but, one's ever truly dead but he he has come back and we yeah. do we do love to see him uh, yeah, and I have to not. I have, I have to not take into account later you. I just have to take into account this mm-hmm. episode, and also I have to not take into account the other characters. Yeah, J. Paul Bomer's yeah, so he's uh, other like, character. Yeah, you know, no, exactly because he's he's other characters. <laughs> yeah, so it's weird because it's it's hard ah. to say if you say if you say one, you're you're really also saying Hugh as well because he builds on what Hugh has already done. The same yeah. conversations happen. He just takes it to the next logical step. Yeah. But Hugh did it first, and he did it so well. Oh man! I am going to give my point to. I'm going to give it to Hugh. I've given it to Hugh. <laughs> There it is. I've done it. I've done it. I've given it to you. Oh, you're so brave. Yeah. An expression of individuality. It it was. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You know what? Oh, man. I I feel like I want to give mine to you, too. But I I, I don't know if that's just the excitement of him coming back, too. That puts it over the top, you know, which I'm trying not to take into account. Uh, They're both excellent, excellent performances. Oh, you know what? Okay. All right. I just came up with the tiebreaker. Go, go on then. So, uh, uh, you, I, I, both performances are awesome. I love it. But mm-hmm. so, J. Paul Bomer, though, his performance as one makes me cry. Yeah, that is true. Every That's time true. I see it, when he dies, I cry. So that puts puts it over the top. So he's getting my point. That that is a good tiebreak. He's done really well there. He's done really well there. Okay. Phew. Okay. So final points are Iborg six and drone four. Respect yeah, respectable scores. It is pretty tight because it could have gone uh, in that last conversation. It could have gone either way. We could have been looking at a draw yeah. here. Um, yeah. I I I love talking about those two episodes. And I know we say this They're every perfect. week, but that was a perfect <laughs> double bill. And watching them, I watched Drone first and then Iborg, and I I thought I'd like to watch them again, but the other way around now just to see right, the continuation right. of the story. Because even yeah. though none of the same characters cross over, the story continues, the ideas continue, right. and it works yeah. so well. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I, I like to watch it in production order, because then I see, I see like, because, I mean, some of these topics are so close together, it's like, you know, there's going to be nods to the original mm-hmm. in the second. So that's how I watch it. But uh, yeah, so good. Well, thanks for one hell of a game. 
Okay. Oh my goodness. That's it. All I right. feel exhausted. I feel like we are a- we're readily prepared now for Picard to start. We'll probably have these oh, some, some Romulan episodes as well to yeah. really solidify this. Definitely. Couple of Definitely. Romulan apps, and then uh, we live fully. <laughs> f- um, we're gonna have to do some animated series for. Uh, for oh my goodness! Decks. Get ready for lower yeah. That's right. This is good. So good. Very excited about this. Okay. Neat. So. Okay. Good. Now that we've finished with the old business, on to the new. Time to hand out next month's story assignments. Ritterhouse, we're waiting. Okay, friends and neighbors, let's see what Uncle Roy has for you today. And on the next episode of Snap Trek, we will be looking a gift horse in the mouth and comparing two episodes which see our protagonists gifted Starfleet vessels by individuals who may or may not have ulterior motives. Mm. When we are going to compare TNG Series 1, Episode 9, The Battle, with Voyager, Series 4, Episode 26, Hope and fear. What do you think? Is this a, is this a gift of an episode? <laughs> what a gift! What a gift! What a gift! What so a gift. all I want for Christmas, or is it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll take a starship for Christmas. I awesome. definitely have a starship for Christmas. <laughs> Just get it down the chimney. That's the problem. Oh, and another gift in this episode coming up is is we're going to have a special guest. Special guest. Do we announce the special guest now, or do we wait? Do we? Is it no, a surprise? Let's wait. Let's wait. Oh, it's a surprise! surprise. Christmas it's a surprise. Gift of a surprise! Oh my god, it's like a Kinder. You have to wait to unwrap the episode. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so so uh, tune in for that special gift, uh, gifts of starships and gifts of a special guest. Mm-hmm. Which you'll have to mm. uh, wait to. <laughs> unwrap that episode to discover okay okay jen it's been wonderful to speak to you oh you too ross and i will see you next time yeah thank you everyone for listening we really appreciate it bye-bye bye the sphere destroyed you were successful while i was linked to the borg i could hear their thoughts their objectives. They are aware of my existence. They will pursue me. Irrelevant. They will fail. I need to get started. No, I should not exist. I was an accident. A random convergence of technologies. You are unique. I was never meant to be. As long as I exist, you are in danger. All life on Voyager is in danger. We can talk about this later. Allow the doctor to proceed. Lower the force field. His synapses are failing. You must comply. I will not. You must comply. Please. You are hurting. You will adapt.